And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. Okie dokie, it's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. Let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser Wednesday? Because God is in charge of this crazy bus called the Christian Journey. First, my brother just shared with me this week a most profound lesson. I somewhat know the lesson, but I also need help with it. He and I have been in ministry for over 40 years each. On Monday, he texted me, okay, on Monday, and he started to realize that when he stops trying to do ministry for God, God starts doing ministry through him. Hmm, there's something. Next, we need to come to a mature moment, and it's a hard lesson for those of us so-called seasoned believers. When we stop, when we die, when we yield, when we surrender, when we submit, then, and only then, the best and the purest of the ministry of the kingdom of God shines through us. We must decrease. He must increase. And finally, I need an example to walk in the truth to how that is, to walk in the end of myself. How do you do that? Who in the Bible could illustrate this uh, in a way that I could really understand it? Who's shown through the wisdom of meekness the power of God poured forth in his life? If only there was somebody chosen by God and used by God and loved by God that I could learn from— What do you mean I should look to the three stooges? Which of the three stooges has a similar name to the example I should follow? Oh, Mo! David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. That's where we're going to struggle. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oeve. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483, 214-210-8483. And you can also call in at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you do that, you get to talk to Captain Chris, and you will be sailing in the right direction. Now... Let me just say, what? Oh, oh, I just got a, I just got a little thing from Eric. Your voice is bleeding through the announcements. Uh oh. <laughs> Good to know. Okay, make sure those lines are down. You guys don't want me making really bad jokes on the air, right? Okay. Uh, let me just say real quickly, I did not give the trivia answer for the last segment. So we're gonna do that in just a second. But if you have a question, a thought. An opinion, a comment, 
if you have a prayer request or a praise report or an answer to Bible trivia, because the last Bible trivia was after Peter denied knowing Jesus, what did he do? And the answer was he went away and wept or cried bitterly. Okay, that was the answer. We're going to give you another one. It'll be a little bit easier right off the bat. True or false, as Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweat like drops of blood fell from him. Is that true or false? If you think you know the answer to that, you can reach out, 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. And that, of course, leads us to our website. Don't forget our website, hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right, so we have somebody already on the line, so we're going to get to that in a second. I need Eric to tell me if when our, my voice bled through the announcements, anything bad came out. <laughs> I was just. Just talking to Captain Chris, we were just having had like 3,200 live hours. There's only one time in all that time that it was like, I eh, probably should have said that. <laughs> so, uh, Eric, if I said something wrong, tell me because <laughs> I don't even remember. Uh, are we ready for this person to answer the trivia? Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Uh, guess who? Uh, I'm going to go with one of my favorite people on the planet, Deborah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How do you do? <laughs> All right. Classic trivia question because I blew it the first time around. True or false, since Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweat like drops of blood fell from him. That would be true. That would be true. It is. <laughs> I think that's really illustrative. So I've actually heard a medical report on um, how that would how that would actually happen. It's very very intense. I don't know if it's right or not because I'm I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on TV. But the the thing in there is that it's so intense that the that that the corpuscles I guess explode or something. It's like something really weird. It's like that's how much pressure he was going under. Yet he surrendered all of that before the Lord. Whoa. I know. Yeah. It's like so hard. It's so impressive. So excellent job, Deborah. Never hesitate to call in. You're one of my favorite people, especially on trivia, it just works so good because you always have a good answer. <laughs> okay. Well uh, thank you. And y'all right. have a good day. All right. God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Okay. That went great. That went great. See, I didn't do anything wrong. They just said all I did was tell you to find the thing Mo. <laughs> did that you find it? That was my fault. Sorry. Okay. That's all right. I absolve thee. I don't know. That doesn't mean anything. It wasn't a sin, but I, just, I can say it. I feel better. <laughs> oh, good. Great. <laughs> now, if I was really playing the game, I'd be, that'll be 50 bucks. Anyway, <laughs> do you have the Mo play? Let me hear that. Hey, Mo. Hey, Mo. Hey, Mo. That's right. That's our expensive stuff. Uh, Acts chapter 7, verse 20 through 22. At this time, Moses was born. He was beautiful in God's sight. He was brought up for three months in his father's house. 
And when he was exposed, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and brought him in as her own son. Then Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was mighty in words and deeds. Was he? He's mighty in words and deeds. Hmm, nice. Acts chapter 7, 23 through 29, the next few verses. When he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brothers, the children of Israel. In seeing one of them be wronged, he defended the oppressed man and avenged him by striking down the Egyptian. He supposed that his brothers would understand that God was giving them salvation by his hand. But they did not understand. And on the following day, he appeared to them, and as they were, men were quarreling, he tried to reconcile them. Men, you're brothers. What's wrong with you guys? Why are you fighting? Why are you wronging each other? But the man who was wronging his neighbor thrust him aside, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? At this retort, Moses fled and became an exile in the land of Midian, where he became the father of two sons. Forty years old, and then 40 years on the backside of a desert. Now, just think about this, and we've talked about it before, but it is important. So my brother texts me. He does. They do Hope Fest every year, which is a big Christian concert in Arizona. And he's working with somebody, and they did great ministry, and he texts me, and it's like, you know, when I get less, God seems to do more. Like, uh-huh. And here you look at an example, a biblical example, and why this is important, because I'm going to share a little bit about myself on this uh, in the next couple of segments. Moses goes in thinking, I got it. I know what to do. I'll coordinate this. And what God had to do was put he was 40 years old, right? Puts him on the backside of a desert for 40 years. It says, be quiet. <laughs> Go hang out in the desert. Don't say anything. When Moses came back, by the way, he was no longer mighty in deeds and words. You want to know what he was? At the end of himself. How he started off, Mr. Powerful, Mr. Great Speech, Mr. Mighty. Yeah, isn't that funny how he started in one place and God said, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's put you on the backside of a desert for 40 years till you can't do any of that stuff. And then I'm going to use you. Now, why would God do that? He does that because when we stop, he starts. When we come in to an end, when we stop doing everything in our own strength and wisdom, even in our feelings, but it felt right. Okay, well, there's a lot of things that feel right that aren't right. And the bottom line is that God has to be the author and the initiator, and we try to do many things. And when we stop and surrender, that's when the most work gets done. And so here's Moses, one of the best examples ever. The ending and the beginning of Moses. He ends on the desert, then he's called to lead the children of Israel out. The last third of his life. When we come back, we're going to talk about that. Very powerful, yet very challenging material. You're listening to the David Smoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? The Lord is good to me, and so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need, the sun and rain and an apple seed. Yes, he's been good to me. No, there's a lot of cholesterol and lard. <laughs> I'm losing it here. What? The lard? What is that guy? Where is he from? <laughs> the David Spoon Experience. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. On God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station. Don't forget KAAMEN, the Truth Station. You got to like that. It's pretty good. Uh, here in Texas, let's uh, do our next trivia question Bible trivia. <laughs> there you go. That was pretty good. Play that again. Bible trivia. I like it. Not See? too much? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Oh, you can't do it four times, but you can do it like once or twice in a show. Bible trivia. Which maybe you will do it four times in this particular thing. Okay. After Peter. Now watch. We should play the horn. We should play the horn. Play the horn. Okay. okay. Uh, after Peter disowned Jesus three times, who turned and looked straight at him? There you go. That's all. That's all. I'm done. Okay. Uh, 972 if you want to call in. 214-210-8483 if you want to text in. And then David at he must increase 
org. Uh, if you want to send an email, I think you know why we played the horn. I think it kind of lends itself, right? Okay. I got a. Unfortunately, I came across some jokes that are um, from Christmas, <laughs> but it's September, right? It's close. What are you, Walmart? You're putting out the Christmas stuff now? Yeah, yes, exactly. Exactly. You know, they, they made my wife. So she's like the flower decorator at uh, Tom Thumb at the Rowlett store. They made her put out a fall tree as the lead up for the Christmas tree. I mean, it's September 10th. October, November, December. It's like, wow. Why don't you just leave the tree up? Save everybody the time. Anyway, uh, let's get into this. Here you go. Tell me what you think of, think of some of these. Uh, I got to ask the question and give the answer. Okay? So you can buzz on any one of these. What do you call someone who is afraid of Santa Claus? Claustrophobic. <laughs> How did the reindeer learn to play the piano? He was elf taught. <laughs> oh, there you go. I like this one. Sorry. What do you call Frosty the Snowman in May? A puddle. <laughs> ah, waka, waka. <laughs> Come on. That's a good one. Uh, that's not funny. That's not funny. Uh, what do you call a kid who doesn't believe in Santa Claus? A rebel without a claws. <laughs> uh, what do snowmen eat for breakfast? Snowflakes. <laughs> See, that's good. <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls. Uh, who tells the best Christmas jokes? Reindeer. They slay it every time. There you go. That's right. We will be uh, live every night except for Mondays. <laughs> Twice on Saturday. Uh, we have our trivia question. <laughs> Eric texted a waka waka waka. Uh, you know, you might as well laugh. I mean, look at all the stuff that's going on. It's like so, it's so irritating. It's like, oh my goodness. The other day I decided I'm just going to have me a nice Reese's candy bar. It was just like, that's enough. Uh, Peter disowned Jesus three times. He turned, who turned and looked straight at him? You were, uh, well, you're welcome to call in or you're welcome to text in. So this is going to get a little personal, so don't get all goofy on me. I just want to share some of this. So um, this idea of coming to an end to yourself. So I'm going to share something I have never shared on the radio. Never. Never. Okay, which is 10 years. So before I uh, got involved in radio, I was trying to find out what, the Lord wanted me to do. So what is it that we typically do when you're trying to search for something that's the Lord? What do you what do you typically do? You try to come up with anything you can come up with to um if it's not ministry, it's got to be a job or something. You come up with anything you can come up with not to fill the time but to feel like you're doing something or like you're, you know, moving forward. And see, our ability or our inability to be still before the Lord can be a very um, dangerous or difficult time for us. So when Abraham and Sarah were not still in the promises of God, they got together and, and uh, uh, had uh, had basically a, a prearrangement to 
fulfill the promises of God by having Hagar involved and then having Ishmael, which was like they basically tried to answer God's promise by themselves. Okay. It's not, it's not that Abraham was, you know, the best guy or the worst guy. The big thing about Abraham that you should understand, especially reading Genesis and reading Romans chapter three and four, is Abraham did have one thing that was just outstanding beyond everything else. He had faith. He had faith. He didn't have faith, by the way, that God is. In other words, he did, it wasn't a faith of the existence of God. He didn't believe in God. He believed God. There's a big difference there. To believe in God means, okay, well, there's somebody up there and he's big and he's coordinating things. Okay, got it. Okay. That's not the same as believing God. And Abraham believed God. He believed that God could do anything God said, period. That's faith. Okay. So in my own life, when uh, ministry had come to uh, business and ministry had come to a close, I decided, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and find the next thing that the Lord wants me to do. So instead of waiting and being patient, which I'm terrible at, I went and got a job. This is in California. I'm not gonna say the name of the company, but it had to do with selling uh, woodworking equipment. Now, you would just think that's great because you're kind of a salesy kind of guy, and that should be fantastic. Here's the problem. The only thing I know about tools is a screwdriver <laughs> and a hammer and an axe. <laughs> See? And uh, you hear the story about the Christmas tree, so you know I know how to use an axe pretty good, actually. But I don't know anything about any of that, of the woodworking stuff. I worked there for like six months. I still don't know anything about the woodworking stuff. Not that I'm opposed to it. I just don't know anything about it. Just never caught my interest. The problem there is I would call Noel in the middle of the day at lunchtime and I would say, this is the worst experience in my life. If God put me on a bandsaw, at least I knew that, and cut me in half, I might be happier than going to this place every day and sitting in this cubicle and selling this thing that I could care less about. And uh, I would do that like every, every other day. The reason that I'm sharing that with you is because between that point and going into radio, I died to myself. I was just like, like, you know, I better start learning. You'd like some fries with that? At least I could do it. <laughs> I would believe in the product. You know what I'm saying? I mean, at least that would be better. And so when I stopped doing everything that I thought I could do to fill in the space and the time and push stuff in there, that's when things started to change. And to give you an idea of how that came about, some of you have not heard this. Some of you maybe you have, but my son called me up and said, what are you doing? And I said, in the nicest possible way, floundering. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. But I didn't say it that way because you don't want to say that to your kids. You can't say that to your kids, essentially. And so uh, he said, you know, he said, you should look into the depth of your heart, pick out one thing that you just never thought you could ever do and do that. And I was like, who is this? <laughs> this isn't my kid. Who is this person, right? And so I I did that. I took about a day and a half or two days and thought, what is just beyond my scope? And that is when I believe the Lord put the idea of radio 
into my mind and into my heart. I, the, the rest of it, it's even more miraculous where it goes from there. But the point that I want to bring up to you is I couldn't get there until I came to an end. And there I am trying to fill <laughs> – I mean, I kind of feel sorry for the people I worked for. It's not that I did a terrible job, but I hated it. And I'm I'm sure to some degree they knew, or if they didn't, well, that, that would be a whole other reason not to like it there. So the idea behind this is that I couldn't figure it out until I stopped. And I thought it was funny that my brother Billy said, you know, I've been, you know, because we've both been in ministry for years, long, long time. And he, he was communicating that he believes that the Lord is doing more through him now than ever before in his life. And he's put out albums, and he's, I mean, it's just, you got to think about that. So, the oh, the story on the radio, oh, somebody wants to know more. Uh, the idea, uh, just so you can know, I, I had reached out to somebody who I had done a little bit of business with who had a radio connection, and I don't know how. Well, all right, I'll tell that story later. I don't want to tell that story now. Here, This is what I want. I want to stick with the point. When Billy said that to me on Monday, it made me realize, wow, that is such a great truth that when we come to an end to ourselves, when we stop trying to coordinate ourselves, when we stop trying to fill up the gap, or when we stop trying to do all this stuff and fill that void, it's at that point that the Lord goes, now watch. And it reminds me, so some of you guys, uh, you'll kind of cringe at this, but don't. This is kind of like, so this is a story about somebody that uh, I had connections with. His name is John Wimber. And he, you know, he just really was beside himself one day on an airplane and trying to figure out what he was does. He was doing church consulting, and he, he was telling people how to run churches and how to make churches before they had the vineyard, but he was working with Chuck Smith, and the, he had this experience on the plane where he was just like, Lord, uh, uh, you know, I just don't know what I'm doing. And the Lord spoke to him and said, I've seen your ministry, John. How would you like to see mine? <laughs> it's like, wow. Just think about that, though. I actually think that the Lord spoke to him and told him that because it's that kind of thing that changes people. So I encourage you to think of it in those terms. The end of you is the beginning of him. Okay. The answer to the question, the trivia question, by the way, uh, is uh, – do we answer that question? We didn't answer that. Uh, Peter disowned Jesus three times. Who turned and looked straight at him? Jesus. That's why that was sneaky. Thank you. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? The word gospel means good news. Now, that's fun. That's funny. In the sense that when people think of God, they always think of judgment and wrath. But the fact of the matter is God even creating us gives us a sense of understanding that there is a commitment, a love, a connection to us. And that is, get ready, good. That's a good thing. So if you take a look around, right, just take a little look around. If you watch television, listen to the radio, like us, search the internet, get on Facebook, read magazines. The one thing that you're going to notice that there is very little gospel or good news in the world. You want to know why? One, good news doesn't sell. 
So let's just be honest, right? If you've been in media for any length of time, you know if it bleeds, it leads. That's the mindset. And it has to do with money. It has to do with power. So that power, that money, that influence, which actually has a demonic origin, but that all is connected towards not good news. Because not good news means that you'll be paying attention because there's so much going on. In fact, there's a fear, a terror, an anxiety, a doubt, even a doom that's within the world. And here's the kicker. If you are personally experiencing these diseases in your life, it's likely that you and I are allowing foul influences of the world to affect us. But Jesus brought a different slant on life. In John 14, 27, he said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Well, why not as the world gives? Because everything the world gives is a lie. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. When we live our lives more freely from trouble, it means that we're walking more closely with the king of kings. He wants us to be free from fear and trouble in the worldly sense. So we, the question is, how is our heart doing? How are we doing on the inside? Are we free or are we in bondages? Because remember, Jesus did come to set the captives free, right? In Psalm 112, verse 7, King David writes, He will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. We need to be free from troubled and fearful hearts. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Now, don't forget, KAAM. I like that. I do. All right, uh, next trivia question. Uh, I'm going to—I might carry on on some of this— Testimonies. This is kind of fun because it it helps me relive it. Helps me remember some of the process. It gives me kind of a great sense of appreciation of the things that uh, the Lord does. But I don't want to miss, you know, what I'm supposed to teach. So it's kind of like, well, maybe they're, they're intermixed. Anyway, here's the next trivia question: Who strengthened Jesus as he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane? Who strengthened Jesus? Now, before you answer that off the top, if you are only remotely sure, so I don't have to like kind of give you more hints, check it out in your Bible first, then answer. Okay, <laughs> that's not to be mean. I'm just saying because I know some people are just going to go first. It's like yeah, but make sure if you're if you're not sure, if you're sure, answer or if you got a gut feeling, go with that. But uh, if it's way in the back of your mind. <laughs> Maybe look at the Bible. 972-445-0770 is the number to call in. 214-210-8483 is the text. And then David at he must increase dot org is the email, right? That is our email. So I have our history. This is a, wow, this is a great history. Go ahead and fire away. Let's go
All right, for all of you youngsters out there, you will not understand this. For all of you that are old like me, you will appreciate this. For all of you that are older than like me, older than me as in older than me, you will just laugh at me. It's uh, National 8-Track Tape Day. Remember those things? Push them in, put them out, push them in, pull them out. Just like the Nintendo, though. You pull them out, and then you blow in it, and then push it back in to see if it would work. Remember those days? Those were some classic days. Uh, National Cheese Toast Day. It's okay. Got no problem with that. Uh, National Online Learning. I've been doing that for 10 years, so that's uh, good for me. This is different, and I must confess this. Butterscotch Cinnamon Pie Day. Have you ever heard of that? I've never heard of that. No, but I'm willing to try it. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm game. I'm okay. Did you with bring it. any? Yeah, I I mean, let's ask Don if he'll buy a few of them. Okay, let's do that. Then it's National Double Cheeseburger Day. Just double the fun is all I can say. <laughs> double the fun. Uh, 1857 on this day, the typesetting machine is patented by Timothy L. Alder. Elder. I thought it was Adler. Elder. I guess not. Uh, I love this. And tomorrow we're doing a joke with this, but I'm not doing it yet. In 1949, on this day, the television series The Lone Ranger aired its first episode. Many of you don't know the classic Yiddish joke about The Lone Ranger. I cannot tell you what that is at this particular time because I will have to censor myself. And then uh, 1965 on this day, Lost in Space, Danger Will Robinson. The science fiction TV show Lost in Space debuted on CBS uh, with the episode of The Reluctant Stowaway, Dr. Smith. (laughs) Those were the days. Okay. Uh, We good on all that? Okay. Trivia question, who strengthened Jesus? Okay. All right. I'm not getting very many responses, so I'm concerned. It concerns me. Uh, There we go. As soon as I said that, Kirk just goes, bam, here it is, Dave. Thank you. Thank you, Kirk. I appreciate that. Uh, Let's go back to this text, and then uh, we will go from there. The uh, text I want to read to you is 2 Corinthians Corinthians 12, but I don't want to read the whole thing. It's just... That's too much. Let's just read part of it. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. The Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insult, hardship, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The premise here in 2 Corinthians is not to glorify sin or is not to glorify anything other than when we come to the end, that's where it seems like God really picks up the whole process. So remember I told you uh, about uh, – I'm going to be really careful here. Oh, I've, this is uncharted territory. I've not done this before. So you guys can just pray for me if I, if I do this poorly. You'll just have to forgive me. So I was telling you about that. Uh, this idea of radio had come into my mind. This is many years ago, right? Before I did San Diego, and then what happened is I, you know, started praying about it. I sent uh, an email to somebody who had done business with with uh, Salem Communication back in the earlier days, and they put me in touch with somebody who uh, coordinated their radio hosts. Okay. In between all this, I had one of the weird, you know, those weird experiences you had. I had these ridiculous, and I'm not kidding. I've never had this happen before. It's never happened since. But I would be, I would get these um, 
just silly, almost like laugh out loud little thoughts going through my head about different things such as that's where I came you've not heard this before uh, I came up with uh, you know who's really gonna do well in the millennium you know like the the, the if you're premillennialist you believe there'll be a millennium for a thousand years and I came up with the travel agent for Jerusalem <laughs> in CCC that's, that's just funny. <laughs> It's just matter what you say. And then what's the real problem? It's not nearly uh, all the people think it's all the different uh, countries. That's not the real problem. The real problem is Jehovah Mimes. Because, see, they knock on your door, but you don't know they're there. And then when you open the door, <laughs> you see that kind of stuff. So it started happening. Like, <laughs> I was like, where's this coming from? So I write all this stuff down. And then the radio idea kind of emerged from something as silly as that. Then I was just, I'm just going to tell you what happened. Then I thought, I'm just lost. Here I am. I have people praying all over the country for me. And I, I get an email from Russ Hoth from Salem Communications. Russ is in charge of their talent. Okay. And he says, what are you thinking? I said, well, this is my dream. This is what I'm thinking. I just thought I'd just write it out. And then I thought I didn't hear from him for like two days. And I thought, there you go. <laughs> so that, was, that was a bad way to go. Then I get an email from Russ saying, come down and have lunch with me. And now I'm thinking, wow, what is going on? When I couldn't, then God does. Now, Russ did a great job in, in checking me out because he took me to a Jewish deli. So I, I would give him credit. And after I met with him, I'm just going to tell you how this happened because this never happens. I promise you. I've never done – I'd done uh, radio like maybe uh, for a total of two months prior to that in my entire life. Russ takes me out. I go home. I get a phone call from the general manager of the station in San Diego. He wants to meet with me. He wants me to go live 2 to 4 p.m. <laughs> Monday through Friday. Just so you can know how this started, I pitched going a Saturday night live show on the radio for Christians. Kind of like a 9, 10 o'clock at night. They got me going into radio two to four, Monday through Friday, every day. And then all of a sudden I was scared. I was like, I was like, wait, wait, this is not what I was thinking. I was thinking something else. I was thinking something smaller. That's another thing is that when you come to an end to yourself, I promise you that when Moses was told by God, you're going to go lead the children of Israel, he had no idea the level of what he was getting into, but God was with him. And that's how it is for you and I. And I'm sharing this with you for whatever reason so that maybe some of you have more hope uh, of what God can or will do. I was way past pastoring. I was done pastoring. I thought I was done. I had done my time. Ten years later, here I am on the air talking to you, telling you the story. Right? We're, we're ministering to one another and loving on one another. You're not done. You're not finished. And you think, well, you don't understand. I'm old. I, I bet you Moses thought he was old. Yeah, I'm 80 years old. I ain't doing this. It's like, yes, you are. 
God will use you, and God will direct you. It just He just waits till you get to a certain point, and then he just like goes boom. And here Paul is talking about, well, you know what? I, I just couldn't do it anymore. So God was like going, good. Now we can get going. It's almost like you start to understand that when you can come to an end of yourself in a certain area, now God's going to use you more in that area. And it's hard because the, the a person like me is uh, has a lot of control issues in general. I mean, right? I mean, I've got that going on anyway. And then I've got to surrender, even like this. You should see this nice little sermon I had all ready to teach you guys. That's not what's going on right now. We're going a different direction. I don't know. I'm going to get in my car, drive home, and go, what were you doing? That's what's going to—I'm telling you what's going to happen. Because he's supposed to be in charge. And and it's hard to let that go. But you know what? When we do, more gets done. And that's the key to the whole text is Moses stopped and God started. Billy stopped and then he started. I stopped and then God started. And when God starts it, it's different. It has a different strength to it. It has a different process to it. There's something behind it. Oh, I know what it is. It's the kingdom of heaven. That's what's behind it. And nothing stops that. And so if you think you're done, you're wrong. If you think you're um, too old, you're still wrong. If you think that you have to be a certain way for God to use you, that's really wrong. And I'm going to say this in the nicest way. God used a mule to rebuke a prophet. So, yeah, you, you don't have to worry about that. Okay? Just think of it in this term, in this way. End of me, beginning of him. That's a great way to think of it, okay? Really is a great way to to think it through. Who strengthened Jesus as he prayed in the Garden of the Gethsemane? An angel strengthened Jesus. Okay, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Who is David Spoon? I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon experience. They wanted to know what I thought of him. Like any person searching for answers, I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend, Noel, has three children, six grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations and is a summa cum laude for his B.A. degree in ministry and leadership, as well as a master's degree of theological studies and is involved in a Ph.D. program. He has a weird sense of humor and talks a lot. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. And those big ears really don't help him. But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out. Job, I want to read Job 325. I don't want anybody look at I know that the teachings in the church and being a, 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 a Baptist Somebody who's got a Baptist ordination, a Pentecost ordination, somebody who's, who's, who understands what Calminian means, understands what the manifold millennialist is. I, I get it. I really do. I, I've been around for a little while. I just 
when you're hearing scripture, you don't have to put all the scriptures you hear in certain boxes so they fit your uh, motif of a theology. Sometimes you can just look at it and observe it and go right for it and review it. And Job chapter 3, verse 25, one of the things that Job said is, what I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. There's a whole teaching on, that's because your confession wasn't good. I don't think that had anything to do with it. I think God was bragging about Job to Satan. Job didn't know that was going on. That's obvious. But there he is. God's bragging about him. And what Job is like going is like, this is the worst thing that I could think of. And that happens to people. Believers. Good believers. Great believers. Fantastic believers. Lousy believers. Believers. And everybody else. It's something that takes place. Sometimes bad things come about in the process. That doesn't mean that God hates you. That doesn't. First of all, the world has rebelled against God and lies in wickedness. So it's not God's fault that the world said, eh, we'll run this planet without you. We'll let you know. I mean, that's not God's fault. He's not the one that did that. People did that. And so the idea to understand is sometimes these tough things happen. The great thing to know is that God has not left and went to Pluto while you're going through these things. In this particular case, in Job, it was completely the opposite of what Job thought because God was bragging about him, and Job thought he was in some kind of trouble or some kind of judgment. Hey, guess what? Job was wrong. Something else was going on altogether, which is often the case. And if you can't shout Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Getting ready for our last trivia question. I will tell you right now, tough, tough, tough question. What was the first saying of Jesus from the cross? When he was on the cross, what's the first thing he said? I have a potential answer. Huh? You have a you have an alternative answer? Okay. Fire away. Was it ouch? Yeah. <laughs> this is not comfortable, right? That would have been the right thing to say. All right. What's the first thing Jesus said? <laughs> Chris, he's like, can I do this here? Yes, of course you can. Um, here's the text. So that's a tough question, by the way. That's a very, it's like you think about all the different things that Jesus said. What's the first thing he said? And so there's, there's a, and what's really interesting about this is tomorrow's show will actually coordinate around that by accident. Oh, sure, it was by accident. No, really, I didn't mean it to be that way, but it will be uh, by accident. Let me read this text to you. Uh, and uh, I don't, oh, somebody's already calling in. Wow, that is fast. I mean, I am impressed. Okay, so we're going to stall so that this person, oh, Joy Ann and Cordelia, step, everybody's stepping up. I did not think everybody was going to jump on this. I am wrong, wrong, wrong. Are we ready? Ready? Okay. This is David. Who am I talking to? Uh, this is Bobby from Climax again. Hi, Bobby. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Uh, uh, I think I know the answer. I'm not for sure on this. Okay, but I'll tell you what. We'll get you there one way or another, but I want you to give it your best, and we'll stand behind you. Uh, all right. I, I think he said forgive them for they know not what they do. That is correct, Amanda! 
<laughs> That's good. And it's amazing because when we talk about Acts tomorrow, we're going to do our expository in Acts. You're going to find out that that statement is reiterated by Peter uh, referencing this specific element. And that's the thing is people didn't know what they were really doing, just caught up in the moment and didn't get it. And that was a big mistake. You got to be careful about that. Got to be careful about going with the mob, so to speak. Well, God bless you, David. Uh, Keep up the good work. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. Yeah, all right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Excellent job. Excellent, excellent. That was a tough one. So all you guys that did that, that was really, really good. Because that's a tough one. I think it's pretty tough. All right. All right. I want to I do this text because this text is critical for uh, everybody to understand uh, these two texts together about what I'm trying to talk about. And really, what, oh, somebody's calling in. So uh, what I'm trying to talk about is just coming to this place in your walk where you stop and you go, you know what? I I really need to just yield. And consequently, when you first become a Christian, it you you know you should do that, or at some point in that first little period of time, you figure out you're supposed to be very yielded before the Lord. But then you come to find out that that yielding continues. It, it grows. It, it has its own um, life of growing and maturity. But it's got to get all the way to the point where it's like Jesus who was willing to do this with his actual life and give that up. That's how far it had to go. It's like, wow. So right now we're talking about things that we do. It's like, you imagine having to do this and your life has to be given up. Like, wow. Just think about the level. Do we have somebody that has a comment, question, something like that? Okay. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello, David. My name is Danny, and I'm calling from um, Van Alstreet, Texas. And I'm a little late to the party. I uh, had a question regarding this is about something we were actually talking about yesterday. And um, the definition of um, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, I'm really concerned about, even as a believer and everything like that. Um, does, uh, I don't know if that means in my forever damned to hell. <laughs> Got it. Got it. So you you just want to understand how that works or how what that process is or what it means, right? What that exactly means, and yeah, if I'm yeah. damned to if damned to hell for for you know forever, if I've committed blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which I'm not sure if I have or not. But okay, just, all right. Let me. Do you want to hang on, or do you, do you want to hang on and listen so you can ask a follow up, or do you want to hang up? It's up to you. I mean, whatever you're comfortable with. I mean, you can hang on because I'm going to answer you. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll hang on. Okay. Here's the, the, the three or four biggest keys about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit that everybody needs to understand. Okay? First and foremost, if you're concerned that you've committed the sin, you are not in that sin. Only people that don't care really get involved in that. Now, the reason that I say that is because it's the sensitivity you have to the Lord that says, I don't want to mess up. Only a genuine believer exists in that framework of thought, not a non-believer or not somebody who's separated from God, but only a person who desires God would have that thought going, boy, I hope I didn't do this. I don't want to be in in that group. When, When the Scripture talks about blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, it's attributing to the Holy Spirit the, his actual work to Satan's work. That's really what it was in a nutshell. And no, no uh, real believer would do that purposefully. In other words, if you said something and it was wrong or incorrect, that's not the same thing as saying, 
you have blasphemed the Holy Spirit, specifically speaking of the work that Jesus did and then attributing that work by the power of the Holy Spirit to Satan's actual origin. That whole promise, that whole premise is speaking evil of the power and the work and the presence of God. And it's not the intent of a genuine believer to ever do that. It doesn't mean you won't make a mistake. It doesn't mean you won't say the wrong things. But what I found right. is that most people who are concerned about it are are legitimately, they just don't want to offend God. A person who's blaspheming the Holy Spirit could care less. Okay? That's going to be a big, right. big difference. And so if somebody did, so was an earlier point in their life, now I'm not talking about myself, but if somebody did and they wanted to repent, they could if they realized that they really messed up bad and asked for forgiveness and and they could um, they could repent or no well that's that's a that's a kind of a separate question the idea is i i th- now i'm going to tell you what i think but i'm not going to give you the the big oh this is the the 100% answer i'm going to give you the way that i see it as in as i look at it in scripture the lord never lets somebody who's one of his go to the level of crossing the line even if they come up to the line in other words they they never just go past it and, and our evaluation of what it is doesn't count. It's what God's evaluation is. So what we hear and what we think, well, that's fine, but we're not God. So we don't know how far to that line that person went, but God does. And so if if that person is supposed to be a part of the kingdom, they'll never cross that line. Gotcha. Well, thank you very much for taking my call, and and, uh, God bless you, and God bless the Republic. Thank you. I appreciate it. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. I hope that's helpful for people because I know there's a lot of people that are like, you know. And that is, I had a very good friend. He actually passed away uh, about two years ago. His name was Ron. And he said, I'm, I'm worried that I've done that. And I said, are you spending time with the Lord daily? He goes, oh, every day. I said, are you doing this? Yeah, 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 yeah. I said, why are you worried about this? He goes, I don't know. I just mess up. <laughs> it's like, I said, Ron, I said, you probably just don't have that issue, really. <laughs> you probably are just thinking you're not doing something you're supposed to be doing. That could be different. All right. Let me share this text with you because this has a big, big, big response to what I'm talking about, about coming to an end to yourself. John chapter 12, verse 20 through 25. Now, among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus, and Jesus answered. Now, listen to what Jesus says. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies— it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves this life loses it. Whoever hates this life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Jesus, now he did a lot of agricultural teaching, which is amazing because farming, not me. Okay, but I can get what he's saying, and that is you drop the seed in the ground, it dies, and in its death, it then generates more life. Well, who do you think he left that in the scripture for? Us. That was Jesus, and we're following his tracks. We're following in his example. And what does he say? You know what? Come to the end of yourself, there'll be more fruit once you die. That's something that I actually talk about in that book, Broken for Glory. It's like when you die, then you come back different, resurrected, more power, more authority, more wisdom. Like, no, that makes sense. Because that's how it was with Jesus. 
So the idea behind this is for you and I to get, we get Galatians and we sing the song. I'm telling you, we don't sing the song. Uh, it says Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. Christ lives in me. I've been crucified with Christ. I'm dead. Right? There's a wonderful worship song on this. Or 2 Corinthians 3.5. Now, not that we have sufficiency for ourselves to claim anything that is coming from ourselves. Our sufficiency is from God. He does this. And that's what we need. We need him to do it because when we do it, like kind of like Moses, we kind of go early. We go in the flesh and somebody dies. That's a bad idea. What we need to do is let the Lord do it. Come to an end of ourselves. Be the seed that dies. Let him use the system that he's put in place to bring about much fruit. That's what you want to do. Is it always easy? Oh, come on, you know. No, it's not always easy. Sometimes it's frustrating. But then again, I'm not in perfect communion with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. So <laughs> that's what grace is all about. It's not an excuse. It's the truth. That's why I depend on the Lord to, to help me get through. You too. And you got to do that too. The end of ourselves is the beginning of him for all of us. Right? All right. You're listening to the David Smith Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22 and a half hour break. Got it right that time. And then we'll be back. More insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM. DJRD Broadcasting or its sponsors.